This is a Federal News Network podcast. The IRS is doubling down on its investment in robotic process automation, software to handle tasks common to thousands of contracts. One bot kept the IRS in compliance with sections of the National Defense Authorization Act and saved employees years of work. The IRS says it wants to balance innovation with risk, though. For more, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with IRS Chief Procurement Officer Shauna Webbers. I do believe that procurement is uniquely poised to lead the way for organization-wide innovation. The view is that innovation is about people, ideas, and leadership. It's really about understanding clearly the unmet needs that we want to target, be that resolving a problem or improving value, and then understanding those needs by listening, collaborating, capturing the potential for enhancing outcomes, and then scaling it up. And so innovation, you look at it from either coming with inside the organization, such as developing better or more efficient ways of performing our business processes, or innovation could also be procured from our industry partners in the form of ideas ranging from game-changing new technology to incremental improvements that drive down costs. And so when I think about the latter instances where we would ask industry to bring innovation to the IRS, procurement contracting officers have the authority to shape the terms, conditions, and compensation of the contract, and therefore really are able to incentivize our suppliers to bring us their best ideas. And this can apply to purchases for a construction project, it could be for office furniture, expert witnesses, or legal services. Innovation is not just limited to information technology and what people traditionally think about when they're thinking about innovation. Yes, certainly it is a, a broad swath of what you guys are responsible for over in the procurement shop. You know, I know that the IRS has had a lot of big deliverables on its plate recently, and that goes especially for some provisions in the 2019 NDAA. Walk me through, you know, some of the hurdles that you've been experiencing there and just kind of the scope of the challenge. Okay, thanks. Yes, that was the big one. Section 889 really is, for those who may not be aware, it prohibits the use of certain technologies that are provided by prohibited countries. And so, you know, we think through this, an important and enabling element of innovation is a culture that encourages people to really recognize and reward innovation. And so back on the beginning of August, on August 1st of 2020, my procurement team, you know, at the end of the fiscal year, the fourth quarter, we were laser focused on awarding contracts to maximize obligations and really just knocking it out of the park for the fiscal year. And it's right around that time that I realized we had yet to finalize the implementation plan to comply with Section 889, which had an effective date of August 13th of 2020. So basically, that meant that we had less than nine working days to figure out how we were going to get this implemented. And really, it was a huge challenge for us that we had to work quickly and address a myriad of questions, right? You know, how many contracts would require modification? How would we monitor completion of those modifications so we could answer data calls? How would we consistently manage vendor exception requests? What would be the potential backlash if we hadn't properly modified a contract and the vendor was actually using prohibited services or equipment? So there were many different hurdles that we actually faced trying to implement that particular section. And when you're in a situation like that where you're under the gun, I think that that also 
forces you somewhat to think out of the box to try to come up with a better solution or a better situation of how do we actually work our way out of that particular problem. So those were some of the challenges that we actually faced and that we were facing when we were looking at implementing that Section 889. So, you know, really the first thing that we needed to do was understand the scope of the situation and the problem and how do we narrow down the number of contracts that we needed to actually modify to add this additional language in the actual contract. And so just sort of looking at that scope, we had about 2,700 active contracts in place at the time. And if I think about how long it takes for us to complete a modification, input the data into the federal procurement data system, and then upload that documentation into our contract file repository, it's on average about two hours. So if you take two hours times 2,700 active contracts, that's 5,400 hours, which could be up to two and a half years of man years to modify 100% of those active contracts. So recognizing you can't do that in nine days, right? So what did we have to do? Really, we're able to narrow down that the scope of the contracts using the product service code, and that helped us identify 1,466 contracts that met the Section 889 criteria. And so then moving from there, we reduced the number of hours from 5,400 down to about 3,000 hours, but still that is a full year of trying to modify those contracts when you're looking at the number of hours that it would actually take. And so really focused on the need to identify robotic process automation, bot technology to help us work our way out of that particular situation. So it was a huge challenge, a lot to do within a very short time frame. And to your point about RPA and rolling out bots, how did using that kind of emerging technology help address, again, the the scope of what you guys were dealing with? One of our strategic goals within the Office of Procurement in IRS is really to implement tools and technologies that optimize resources, increase transparency, and inform decision-making. And using automation and RPA specifically has allowed us to streamline and simplify our processes which improves our efficiency and flexibility in procurement operations. And so what we were able to do was we had a bot that we had successfully used previously, but it was for a one specific purpose. It had not been used for any other purpose, but we knew that this bot could actually update records within seconds, but we did not know if it could create modifications in bulk And so really what we were able to do was test and confirm that the bot could actually create these modifications in bulk. But to do that and reducing our risk, we decided to do those modifications outside of our contract writing system. And so we used a specific identification number within that bot that the bot used so that we could quickly identify those. And so it was, we were able to really dramatically reduce the amount of time that it took us to modify that large number of contracts within such a short period of time. Did your office ultimately meet that deadline, that end of August deadline, using the RPA bot? Well, you know, interestingly, we did not meet the timeline that we needed to meet with that August 13th day, but we got pretty close. And because we knew that we were going to have difficulty meeting that August 13th day, in addition to using that bot to get that process going with automating the modifications in bulk. I sent a letter to every contractor in our database explaining our implementation approach, and I established a deadline for submitting any exception requests 
because the thought was that any exception request would actually be the highest priority and had the highest risk associated with it. But at the end of the day, we did not receive any exception requests. But we were able to create a unique email address for vendors to also submit questions. And any re exception requests, once those became known, again, trying to centrally manage that. And so while we didn't meet the deadline, we did accomplish a task of this magnitude in record time. Shauna Webers, Chief Procurement Officer at the IRS, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.